attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hey there. Welcome to another week of Adam and Dana babbling on about Disneyland, also known as Gen D, the podcast. We're back. We're going to talk about things. We're back. All Disney related. It, it feels very like fresh and new energy to be back this week because we finally went live with the first three episodes. Um, yes, we did. We are not tech people, so this is a small feat, and basically we deserve rewards. Yeah, I think this was most of our week and a lot of frustrating texts and calls and FaceTimes and um, a little bit of crying, but we figured out. So we have a website. We have our podcast on Spotify. We will have it on Apple eventually. That's the base of our tears mostly is Apple, like, come on, guys, what are you doing? Killing me. So what what I figured out, and this is probably too much inside baseball, but the long story short, the reason why we are just on Spotify and soon to be on Google Podcasts, that uh, got uploaded last night, and they are, you know, pouring over our podcast information and reviewing it to approve it to the, you know, council of podcasters at Google or something. Anyway, um, the podcast gods, <laughs> the podcast gods must bless our Disney podcast. So, um, you know, we, we spent the greater part of time last week trying to get on Apple podcasts, uh, as you know, Apple has like announced, or maybe you don't know, Apple announced that they've got like a whole new podcasting plan where now podcasters can charge you lovely listeners to listen to us. We're not going to do that because no, uh, but it has created all these complications with getting your free podcast up. So we're working through it. I have literally sent emails, texts, carrier pigeons, tweets, uh, <laughs> every possible form of communication to Apple tech support. So I'll hear back from them in about six to eight months. Um, but until then, we're on Spotify and we'll be on <laughs> Google soon. And we're on our website. And we should mention our Instagram handle at Generation D Pod. Uh, we're posting some fun stuff on there, some throwback photos, stuff about the episodes. DM us on there if you don't want to email us because we finally have an email address that we've been talking about gendpod at gmail.com so hit us up some Yay. way tell us what you're thinking what you'd love to hear more of less of all that and uh yeah we'll, we'll listen yeah i mean i'm so excited we put the three first episodes up a couple of days ago and yes we know that it's only our friends and family listening right now but i will say i have a big confidence boost now i have a lot of friends and family who reached out and they're like this is so good and this makes me miss being at we're disney great, and now i'm all jazzed and i mean you're listening yeah, to amazing. episode four so obviously you think we're great so tell all your friends we're great and have more people listen to us and subscribe to us and do all those things that they tell you to do and all that I, and i do think <laughs> our moms and our husbands were probably our first subscribers so <laughs> you know oh a thousand percent my mom sent me a text she listened to all three somehow she figured out spotify i'm very proud of her my mom is surprisingly very tech savvy for her age and she i think was our first listener yeah so my mom is not tech savvy whatsoever and she figured out spotify so hey everybody forget apple Podcasts. go to spotify no i'm kidding i don't mean that apple if you heard that when you review this 
don't block us. Anyway. Uh, what are you doing to us, Adam? <laughs> making it worse. Um, but anyway, uh, it's awesome to be up there and live and being able to interact with uh, the people listening to us. And so, yeah, hit us up on Instagram. Again, that's Generation D Pod on Instagram or email gendpod at gmail.com. Um, it's been a week. Uh, we are counting down to uh, our trip to Disneyland in a few weeks. It feels like a year away at this point, the end of June, but it'll be here soon. I, um, you know, the other week I brought up the joy of gap in Disney baby clothes and oh yeah. Okay. I now have an even worse problem. Target, Target oh, yeah. and Disney. They have this partnership and there is this literally this one display table at our target and up here in Emeryville. Um, that, rotates every week. I swear to God, they put a new Disney baby outfit on there. And I'm like, no, because it's actually really cute. And so my son obviously needs it. It's cheap. Um, I'm going to tell you another one that you need oh, to no. be cognizant don't, I don't of. know if you need to tell me this. Ooh, oh, but H&M. do anyway. H&M has amazing Disney collab stuff. And for adults and kids. But yeah, we buy all of our stuff through there. And it's like a quarter of the price compared to... Buying it at Disney. But this is like, this is bad at Target. Like, I'm going in there and it's super cute. Mickey, like, <laughs> trendy baby Mickey clothes that my son will literally fit into once and then never be able to fit into again. That I'm dropping like $25 on a two piece mm-hmm. Disney outfit, but it's cute and mm-hmm. he'll wear it and I'll be happy and I'll have photos. And that's all that really matters, right? Yeah, and then they will sit, he'll wear them for a minute, and then they will sit inside some sort of plastic container in your garage for like five more years, and then you'll open it every year thinking, I'm going to give this away to another family, and then you're like, no, but he wore this, and it's so cute, and I can't, so then you'll keep it for another five years. Well, you know what I kind of, so we are going to send, we have we have some good friends who are expecting in a few months, and so we, we did promise them they're getting the boxes of clothes when our son gets done with them. But my mom does something really cool. And I've told her for years she needs to start an Etsy shop with this. And maybe one day I'll convince her to do it. But she takes old clothes and old T-shirts and turns them into quilts. And so she she loves love quilting. Yes, she is at like Midwestern older lady sitting in her attic room like quilting all day. That's what she does. Um, but she she has taken all my old running t-shirts and turned that into a quilt all my old swim team t-shirts from when I was in high school and turned those into a quilt so I kind of want to like save up some of my favorites of our son's outfits and send them to my mom and have her make a really cool quilt that he can have or frankly it's not for him it's for us to have um that we can have as all of his little outfits that we used to put him in and before he sprouted out yeah you should totally do that that's really sweet She's also on a mission to make really creepy um, toys for children that are probably not safe whatsoever. What? (laughs) She like, see, we will talk about Disney at some point today, folks. But full disclosure, we're Jewish. So she loves making these things called matzo ballies. And (laughs) they're like stuffed matzo balls with eyes and arms and legs and a little yarmulke. It's the funniest thing. And then she's made Gefelti the fish. Which is 
giant stuffed gefilte fish. It's oh my god, a nightmare. Like these things are literally nightmares for children. But my mom, my mom humors herself in making them because this all started when I was a kid. And for Purim, she made a homentashen costume for me. So I was like a giant walking homentashen, and this has just stayed forever. And now she's. She's literally like, this is what happens when our parents get older and they need projects. She just sits there with their sewing machine and now she's making stuffed animals, stuffed Jewish foods, matzabali and gefilte the fish. I'm, I'm afraid of what comes next, but. That is incredible. <laughs> Do you have one? Is there a photo? Yes, of there both are photos. You in costume at Purim? Purim? Purim. 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 I am clearly not Jewish. Um, and then also, is there a picture of the matzo ball stuffed animal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're currently, like, in a bookshelf in our son's room. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> they're there. I mean, I can't not have them out. My mom worked hard on those. So they are they are Incredible. out for display. I, she hot glue gun the eyeballs on so we don't let them play with it because I think it's a choking hazard. But... <laughs> <laughs> She tried. Anyway. You have to send me um, a photo of this. I will. So my mom's very crafty. And that's a long way of saying I think we're going to eventually have a quilt made out of all of our son's uh, Disney outfits um, when he grows out of them. So, Mom, that's if you're listening, sweet. you're being commissioned. You don't know about this yet, but we will be <laughs> we'll be asking for this quilt. If she's listening, you know she is one of our two listeners. Of course she's listening. <laughs> so... Anyway, uh, I guess we should get into some news, some small mouse musings for the day. What do you think? I think that sounds like a good plan. So I, I have a handful of things, and I, I I think we'll just start with the most insane thing. So uh, my friend Jay, uh, he's a former Imagineer. He sent me this text basically being like, oh, I can talk about this now. And he knew about this thing going on. And so, okay, Dana, are you ready? Yes. So, okay, so we know about like animatronics and Disney are a thing, right? So you've got, they, they started when the parks opened, these first animatronics now that are things that are made up of nightmares that will haunt you in your sleep. <laughs> but then they've grown into these incredible things like Ursula. I mean, to date, the giant Ursula at the uh, Little Mermaid's journey or voyage, yeah. voyage of Little Mermaid. Voyage of the Little Mermaid. That mm-hmm. Ursula animatronic is incredible. And they have it both down mm-hmm. in Florida mm-hmm. and out here in California. I mean, it's so lifelike and it's like she watches you go through that room in that little Omni Mover thing. And like it's it's so good in the way it moves and this and that and everything. Anyway, one of my favorites. Then they made, which we've talked about on the podcast before, the shaman at the Navi River journey that is sometimes there, sometimes not. Sometimes you get the video screen. But I think that one's not there all the time because it's such a high tech animatronic that it breaks and they have to fix it and all that jazz. But Okay, now, and we also know about allegedly coming when Avengers Campus opens, are these high-flying Spider-Man animatronics that, like... Oh, yeah. Remember? Are they going to be on the walls? No, they're going to be, like, flying. Like, they literally, like, flip and fly and all this insane stuff. So I'm really hoping... I mean, we haven't heard much about them lately. So I'm really hoping they're there when we go in June. Are they supposed to just be like out in the atmosphere of the Marvel? Well, campus, so it's going to be like inside the ride. I, they're not going to be like flying over your head because then I see like one of them like breaking and falling down and smashing onto a child and Disney having a nightmare to deal with. But I think they're going to be like <laughs> just seen where they're literally like web slinging and flipping 
in the air in a safe space, but they're like on, they're not attached by wires. Like these things just like flip and fly and do all this stuff. So that is going to be freaking mind blowing when we see that, but Oh no, leave it to the Imagineers. They've gone a step further (laughs) and of course they have, they, this is not going to be in the parks anytime soon. So from what I've read, but they have created a fully moving, interactive, walks on its own, talks on its own, interacts with people like adolescent group that is child size and can freely walk around. It looks real. It feels real. It goes, I am Groot or whatever. And like <gasps> can interact with people and just so like literally the Disney park, this is this is how the world ends. And it's going to come from animatronics at Disney parks <laughs> when they take over humanity but Uh for now we can enjoy these cute things so they are going to have a whole they have developed this basically like this they're going to be able to build this army of disney characters that freely move around the parks and interact with people luckily their batteries apparently right now i think they said only last 45 minutes before they got to go back in their charger but how cool is that wow Okay, so that is amazing, and I can't wait. I remember when I worked at Disney World, and this is like 2008 and 9, we had a a trash can that would go around and talk to people, and it was an animatronic trash can, and there would be a man over in the corner dressed as a tourist, and he had like a – it kind of was like a big bulky fanny pack, and that's how he was – you know, basically maneuvering this trash can to interact with people. And then at the same time, the movie Wally came out and they had a Wally that was basically the same setup as the trash can, but Wally. And and Wally doesn't say anything but like, whoa, it was really cute. So I kind of like this idea of roaming characters, but I also remember it broke down a lot, the Wally. And I think that's why you don't see them anymore so i hope the technology has been updated for Groot yeah. and that so, he's around so, much longer so the whole thing is called project kiwi because i love code names um and <laughs> they started this about three years ago about three years ago three years ago i got an accent now about three years, three ago, years ago yeah <laughs> we live up in minnesota now surprise we're not actually in california no i'm kidding um <laughs> so it started three years ago and their whole goal was to bring characters to life at their actual sizes that you would imagine them being. And so it, it this if you go like if you go um uh, we'll post the link. I'll post the link uh to the story on Instagram. It basically is there's a video that uh, Imagineering put out of Groot literally just chilling around, walking, waving, doing his thing. It's it's so cool. Uh I I'm excited to see it. I think this is just incredible. It's also the uh, first look at the end of humanity um, <laughs> when <laughs> Terminator becomes real. And but it actually started at Disneyland. Um, but no, this is going to be so cool. And I think like uh, what it's going to do for the park experience, like literally think about it. Like I and forget Groot. I want like Rocket. I want Rocket like running around being sassy with people. Well, we have Rocket in the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, which is super cool. He's a really good animatronic. But yes, I agree. It would be so fun to have him out. Although you have to think about like if he's tiny, are people going to feel like they can pick him up? Like at least with a trash can or Wally or Groot, these are big objects. So you feel like you can probably stay distant enough from them. If it's something small like Rocket, I would fear that like kids would be like, oh, it's like a stuffed animal. I can just pick him up. 
Yeah, I got some feeling that they're going to have like, you know how, well, like when you were a character, right? You had kind of a handler with you the whole time, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. my guess is yeah. they're going to have like six of them and one of them might be armed. Um, Imagineering security that we don't know about. It's like a secret service of Disney World or something. Uh, <laughs> protecting this uh, probably multi-million dollar animatronic that's cruising around. So my guess is they probably won't let anybody pick it up, but I see what you're saying. That's super cool. Oh, I cannot wait. So wait, when do they have like a date of when they're going to bring Groot into the parks or this is just kind of we've announced that this is going to exist someday? Yeah, that one. That one. So okay. expect it in okay. 10 to 15 years. Um, no, oh, cool. <laughs> kind of cool. like like we said the other week with the Haunted Mansion, you know, we'll announce it and then won't open it for 11 years. Uh, but yeah. I, I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be really cool when they do put it out in the parks. But I think for now we have to apparently settle for flying Spider-Man above our heads at Avengers Campus, which, OK, fine. If I have to settle for one. Fine. I'll take Spider-Man. So anyway, I thought that was super cool. Again, we'll post the link to uh, the article um, about it. And um, you can see the video that Imagineering put out in that. It's really, it's just, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, So there is. Also, we will be posting, also, we will be posting your video or a photo of your matzo ball stuffed animal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like Disney may have animatronics down my mom has got the creepy stuffed animals so watch out imagineering you maybe you know you need to hire my mom and she can do the uh costume design for the things that go over the animatronics (laughs) or or maybe not food stuffed animals it's a niche audience but you know it exists (laughs) i think she would sell like bonkers anyway um so the other thing i wanted to talk about real quick star wars galaxy's edge we've been there we love it um I, you know, I do think though is, and this will, I'll get to the point in a second. And Dan, I'm curious your thoughts on this. When you go to Galaxy's Edge and you had this, the first time you walk in, it's like kind of breathtaking, right? You're like, they created this insane world that you really did feel like you go through that tunnel and you feel like you are gone to another planet. And they really do. Second, third, fourth time you go, you're kind of running out of things to do in there. Like the shops are fine. You know, if you can get an Oga's reservation, that's great. And that's fun and something to do. You do the rides. But like the whole like immersiveness of it, I think, you know, first time in, it's amazing. But I'm curious your thoughts after you've been multiple times. Are you still completely in awe every time you walk in there? Or are you like, oh, they could have done a little more? Oh, no, I'm in awe every time. I love it. Um, I think it is the most immersive land or section I've ever seen Disney create, both in Florida and in California. Um, They're a little bit different, but I just love them. And I don't think I could say the same for any of the other lands that feel as immersive. Um, This is way smaller, but at Disneyland, they have a really – stay with me here. I know you've been, Adam, but they have a really cute – Tinkerbell meet and greet space and it you kind of shrink down to be a fairy size and it's it reads everywhere and it's really cute and there are tones of that in Star Wars where I really feel it's like so immersive I can't see around the corners to the next land I think they have done a really great job and yes I agree that you can get a little bored after you've been there for a few times but 
that's kind of every land for me. But hold Probably on. Probably not the answer you were looking for. <laughs> no, no, no. But hold on. Can we go back to Tinkerbell really quick? Um, yeah. So I did read this morning when I was uh, uh, laying in bed, waking up with my son screeching, uh, laying next to me. Um, usual mornings. Uh, Adam I has did, a three-month-old. Just yes. a quick reminder. <laughs> Almost three months. He's like two weeks. He's like a 2.99-month-old, if that's a thing. So... He'll be he'll be three months on Wednesday. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of Tinkerbell, apparently, did you know, because apparently we're not, you know, apparently we're not like big influencers or whatever. Uh, they Disney Imagineering during Touch of Disney grabbed some families who happen to have very large social media following. So shocker how they figured that one out and uh-huh. brought them into this experimental Tinkerbell meet and greet. Did you hear about this? No, I don't know anything so about this. So they apparently, very quietly, have been creating an interactive Tinkerbell meet and greet, very similar to like Turtle Talk with Crush. Oh yeah, where yeah, yeah. you're gonna go in and you're kind of in her little fairy house land, whatever, and Tinker is there interacting with you directly. Oh. But, but virtually like she. Oh, OK. So I think it's like, so like I, I couldn't tell if it's like it, it's like crush. So I don't know if this is like animated Tinkerbell interacting with you mm-hmm. or like actor playing Tinkerbell on a video camera somewhere interacting with you. And this is the new covid safe way of having character interactions. I don't know. But mm. uh, from what people said, it was really cool. Like you went into this room and. Tinkerbell was there behind this screen and interacted with the kids and the kids loved it. And Tinker was like carrying on conversations with the kids. So kind of cool. Apparently we weren't cool enough to be swooped into this super secret preview. Adam, we are absolutely not cool enough for any of that. (laughs) You know, but I think Ray would have lost your daughter would have lost her mind. Oh, she absolutely would have. She loves Tinkerbell, but no, we're not cool enough to be invited to something that. So, awesome. so anyway, sorry, again, it, you guys all listening have learned that we go on these tangents, but we eventually circle back to what we were talking about. So Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> so there's a super cool new like 250 some odd page coffee book. Um, and if you have been to our house, which most of you listening have not, unless you're my mom, my sisters or some friends. Um, OK, we so do- most of you listening have <laughs> been to Adam's house. <laughs> we have. We, we're big fans of the big coffee books, with the big photos that you can like thumb through and look through. So we have ordered this new coffee book that is out and it's called The Art of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And it is a 250 some odd page book with more than 300 pictures and images and renderings of how Galaxy's Edge came to be. It's so cool. That's awesome. I am so excited to get my hands on it. I've read a few reviews and they said it's amazing and blah, blah, blah. But... I get a little sad because they also touch on the things that we didn't get. Oh, no. I know. What didn't we get? I don't think I even know. Yeah. So they had scrapped a table service restaurant, which I do think Disneyland needs a few more table service restaurants because they're. Yes. Yeah. So Disney World, maybe not at, uh, at Hollywood Studios, but. Uh, Disneyland definitely could use a few more. And I know they carbon copied the part, the um, lands at both parks, which is still kind of like, I wish I would have done like something unique for Disneyland and something unique for Hollywood studios, but 
that's neither here nor there. So they had scrapped this plan for the Kelikori, and I'm probably saying that wrong, club. So it's going to be called the Kelikori Club. And the idea was it was going to be a two-story high table service restaurant based in like an old bathhouse. And it was going to have like a very speakeasy feel to it. Oh, yeah. And the centerpiece was supposed to be this two story aquarium. And at the bottom of the aquarium was going to be this gigantic sea monster. (gasps) What? I know things we didn't get to have. And now that you know about it, you're like, oh, and don't tell me anymore. I don't want to know. There is more. There is more. I know. But I mean, let's talk about this for a second. I do feel like. Galaxy's Edge would be even better if it had a big popular sit-down restaurant. Well, yes, and I to your point Disneyland desperately does need more better sit-down restaurants, but um where would they put it? That's like the name of the game for everything at Disneyland. They have run out of space. I don't know where they could put anything else. Well, I, and I guess that's why all those like Disneyland Forward or whatever it's called uh, plans that we've seen have shown them like building a pedestrian bridge over the street to be able to add on to what it looks like in addition to Disneyland over on the like hotel yeah. side of the park yep. of the property. But anyway, so that was one thing that they wanted to do um, at Oga's Cantina. They had an idea to have animatronic bartenders serving you drinks. So they would have been like all these aliens as animatronics, but surprise, surprise, <laughs> didn't quite have the money or the time to figure that one out. They do have that technology because I've seen those same robots in Vegas. Where have you Vegas? seen those? No, oh, they have them like on the strip. It's definitely like I think over by like Planet Hollywood or Paris or somewhere in that area. Um, there's like bars outside and it's like the whole gimmick is like a robot with like the like long arms that – you punch in what order drink order you want, and it goes and makes it and shakes it and makes your craft cocktail and presents well, it to you. Okay, Disney. If Vegas, if some like shack on the strip in Vegas could figure this out, and you couldn't give me a three eyed monster serving me a drink, uh, we got a problem. Yeah, I think it's in the planet Hollywood. Now that I think about it, I have to find. Yeah, that. it's cool. It's okay, gimmicky. Well, that's but cool. It's cool. So. Anyway, we could have had aliens serving us drinks instead of just cast members, but we got cast members. Um, So that was another idea. And then the other one, which (laughs) I can totally see why they scrapped it, but I'm also like, how amazing would this have been? They had this idea to create this giant bantha that you actually rode through Galaxy's Edge. Like you could just, and it would roam through Galaxy's Edge, through um, Batu, and like... You could get up on this thing. They had apparently even like mapped out a track for it and where it would go and everything. And you could climb on this giant bantha and ride it around. Um, that <laughs> how cool, right? Yeah, it's like the trolleys on Main Street. So it's like this is the <laughs> the trolley equivalent in Star Wars Land. <laughs> ride the giant bantha, but apparently they were like, oh. There's not enough room for this. Like the amount of foot traffic that was going to be in there anyway. Like you go in there now and their cast members literally with signs telling you which way to walk to let traffic flow. So then you add a giant bantha rolling around in Galaxy's Edge. Like, I mean, amazing, but also nightmare. 
But I will say, I, I don't get bored with Star Wars Land. If, if you haven't been to either Disney World or Disneyland and seen Galaxy's Edge, go just for that, especially yeah. if you love Star Wars. It is really cool. It reminds me a lot of Harry, po- Harry Potter. That's another land that they did a really great job over at Universal um, to make it so immersive. It's so but it's that it- same style where everything is very tight, tight corners. Um, so it, it feels like it kind of goes on for a long time. You get that marketplace vibe. I, I'm is all it for weird it. that I feel like the Wizarding World down at Universal Orlando uh-huh. is just way more immersive than Galaxy's Edge. I know people are going to hate me for saying that, but I do feel like between the two lands and taking Hogwarts Express between the two, it is way, I feel like, way more immersive down there and bigger and there's more stuff to do. I mean, you have multiple rides down there. You've got, you know, Gringotts, you've got the Hogwarts ride, and now you've got the incredible, absolutely amazing Hagrid's Forbidden Journey ride, which mind-blowing when we rode that for the first time. And then they have more shops, more restaurants. Like, I just feel like there's just more to do. I'm going to tell you and our five listeners a very sad fact about myself. Um, I have not been to Universal Orlando since they've opened up the second half of Harry Potter. Oh, my God, Dana. Over at Universal. I know. The only time... I'm trying to think. I think 2011 is the last time I went to Universal Orlando. And that's embarrassing. I really want to go, but just haven't made it over yet. We're going to have to remedy that when we do take our our big trip to Orlando, maybe in January. We may have to build in a day at Universal. I'm almost thinking we do too. And I will talk about this, Adam. But I think we should also consider staying at one of their resorts for like a two, do a split stay. Well, split okay. Stay. So we did when we went in October before we went uh-huh. to Disney World for 5 days, we did go to Universal for two nights uh-huh. and we forked out. It was I did the math and I <laughs> I love spreadsheets and I had lots of spreadsheets figuring out which was more cost effective. We did the math. We stayed at their like their version of the Polynesian Resort, which is not even close, but it's cute because they're all Lowe's. Like they're not mm-hmm. Universal owned hotels like Disney owns there. So, yeah. uh, but the key to that was we got unlimited Universal Express passes for staying yeah. at the higher end hotel, which wasn't even that much more expensive than some of their cheaper ones. So we were like, oh, let's just stay there and have like a nice sushi bar on the main level and all that. But um, I did feel like yeah. with the Universal Express Pass, we were able to do everything we wanted to do in both parks in one day. Yeah, I've been so, you know, I've been working with um, Allison over Adventures with Alice in Wonderland, the travel agency. And that's kind of her tip as well. She's done the math and says, always tell people like the best deal for your client is to stay at one of the higher priced resorts at universal so that you get that unlimited pass it kind of makes up for the the cost and i don't even think those it's like the royal pacific and hard rock the royal pacific that's where we see no they're not and they're not that i mean it's like a lowe's hotel there's nothing they're not they're not like super fancy to stay in but i will say one last thing wow we have tangent in on this one but um (laughs) when we stay at the royal pacific two great things one so the only ride at Universal that doesn't do um, Express Pass is Hagrid's, 
but you had early entry to the parks. So mm-hmm. we basically were in line at Islands of Adventure like an hour before the park opened, got in, beelined it straight back. They like rope you through to get you back to Hagrid's because they know that's where everybody's going. We were on Hagrid's, through the line, on Hagrid's, off. We somehow got the very front row, which is like the best seat on the entire ride because you feel like you're actually riding the motorcycle. We were off Hagrid's and halfway through Forbidden Journey uh, before the park even officially opened. Oh, that's amazing. So that was key. But anyway. And also, folks, that's worth its weight in gold right now because we don't have any extra magic hours at Disney in Orlando Mm-mm. right now. So take or- advantage of that. If you're going to go to Universal, you should absolutely stay on their property and take advantage of their extra hour and their unlimited pass if you stay at one of their um, Lowe's properties. 100%. That are in the Do you know if they're doing range. that out here? I mean, because we are in California. I. I don't know at Universal Hollywood, they don't really have hotels like they do at Orlando. I don't know if they offer they the deal. They don't. They have like the Sheraton and a couple others that are right there. And they do like shuttle services. But I don't, you know what, as a person who's working at a travel agency, I should probably know that answer. But I don't. <laughs> Get on it, Dana. Um, okay. Anyway, so uh, back to Star Wars. Anyway. Lots of stuff that they used to have or that they had planned as as is with all things Disney. But it is it is fun. I can't wait to get back in June and explore around and have a blue milk. Um, Even though you can have even though the Disney I will give Disney World. uh, They get a little bit of an advantage with Galaxy's Edge over California over Disneyland because you can get like green milk with tequila in it or blue milk with rum. And that's delicious. So that's great. I wish we had that at Disneyland, but we don't. Um, so yeah, so that's that. And uh, yeah, those are really all I had. Cause that was a lot to talk about actually for two things, but they were too fun. I don't know, Those just different fun. mouse musings as we're like twiddling our thumbs waiting for Disneyland to finally reopen. Oh, did you see they got new name tags at Disneyland? I did. I saw that on Instagram, I think, this morning. Super cute. Cool. They're like these I super know. cute name tags. They're bringing back the magic and have their names on it. So I think that's a cute thing they're doing for the cast members. And they're giving them like yeah. a souvenir one in a special box to keep. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So anyway, that's a that's... fun memory of COVID time. <laughs> God, do we need do we need fun memories? Oh, by the Fair. way, speaking of COVID, um, one thing I did see as we're barreling towards I have a lot I, like I it's coffee this morning. I'm going. Um so <laughs> as we're barreling towards the reopening, I just saw that the CDC data showed good news with COVID. California's case rate is the second lowest in the country behind Hawaii right now. Wow, that's crazy. I don't I don't get it. I mean, I do and I don't like we were the worst state for so long. I get it. We're very densely populated, but good on us. Good on. Oh, I can't believe I'm giving him a shout out, but I guess good on Newsom for getting good on people for like going, getting your vaccines and doing all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to edit that out because I don't want to give him any credit. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Good on everybody to be smart enough to go get their vaccine and have a really robust rollout. It's been impressive. I just got my second vaccine. Uh, We're fully vaxxed. 
Mm-hmm. We're vaxxed and we're ready to go to Disneyland. Because that's Give what that you do. That's it. the whole goal of getting vaxxed. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that that's that's it. I'll stop babbling now. There was a lot to talk about. Um, I'm just excited that we're a few weeks Yay. away. Okay. So, Adam, I have a fun game for us today right. to do. I figured this would be kind of fun I, I people who these six people who are listening to us who are our friends and family can also play along if they want even though we won't hear your answers but I was talking with my husband Ryan last night about like we were just kind of doing the like what would you do if you could only do one of these and we went through different categories so oh, I have written no. those categories You're gonna make out. me choose I'm gonna make you choose oh, one. God. So let's get into this. It's all going to be Disneyland and Disneyland mostly with COVID in mind of what it's going to look like when we come back. Okay. Okay? All right. Bring it. So move my computer over here so I can see my questions. All right, Adam, are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it. Okay. You're in Disneyland. You can only have one of these sweet snacks. Which one will it be? It is either... The Dole Whip, churros, the beignets, or the Mickey Premium Ice Cream Bar? Oh, Dole Whip. That's an easy one. And why? Because it's Dole Whip. Like, as somebody who's lactose intolerant, I am a very, very, very big fan of the Dole Whip and the fact that it is a nice, cool, ice creamy treat that tastes creamy, even though it's not creamy and there's no cream in it that I can enjoy at Disneyland. And now that they've like expanded to multiple other flavors, uh, give me the Dole Whip. Give me the sugary Dole Whippy goodness on a hot day in Southern California. Okay. I'll take it. I will say it's good. It's not a gut bomb. So it's good to have, if you're going to have something sweet in the morning, it's kind of a good one to have. Um, but you still answered wrong, just so you know. The answer was beignets. Beignets. No, but you can beignets. get a donut anywhere. Like it's no, They're li- not donuts. I mean, they basically are like donuts covered in powdered sugar. <sighs> they're little fluffy pillows, and they're amazing, uh, and they're better than a yeah. donut. A thousand times better than a donut. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Let me ask you about Fantasyland. So we're talking Fantasyland outdoor rides can only pick one okay to ride you've got the carousel dumbo casey jr or the teacups teacups really teacups 100 percent. i love the teacups and i can never get anybody to ride them with me because everybody's like oh they made me sick so my son needs to hurry up and get bigger so he can ride the teacups with me and then he can throw up after riding it. But it's the teacups. I love the teacups. It's like one of my favorite memories of that first trip to Disneyland was mom and I riding the teacups together. I'll I'll throw a picture of that one up. That's a cute one. My mom with her well, big I afro. I will say Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Um, I will say the teacups at Disneyland are so much cuter than Disney World because they're outside and they've got the really cute lanterns yep. above them and the trees all around them. Very cute. Um, okay. Fantasyland Dark Rides. Ooh. You have Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Mr. Toad, or Snow White Scary Adventures. We're going with the original because we don't know what the new one looks like. Oh man! If I had to pick one, I, I, 
<laughs> I even though I like keep talking about what a nightmare it is, I have to pick Snow White because it is a nightmare and I love <gasps> scary movies and it's basically like writing a scary movie. Snow White? Really? Yeah. I don't know. The thing's a nightmare. And come on, the the queen that turns into the wicked witch effect is genius for when it was made. I worry about you sometimes. <laughs> Make me scream well, the, right the ride. Make me scream the ride in Fantasyland, and then I'll. Be- oh, by the way, did you know Disney at one point was going to make a scream ride at Hollywood Studios? What? Oh yeah, that like, will have like to- Ghostface scream. Yeah, yeah, Our like scream? yeah, yeah. They and Universal were bidding for the IP on it, and it never happened at either one. But that's a whole nother conversation for another time. Wow. Anyway. Um, well, I would have picked Alice in Wonderland. And I think everybody who's listening probably would be like, you both are dumb. You should have picked Peter Pan because everybody loves Peter Pan. Ryan picked Peter Pan. Kim was over last night. I think she picked Peter Pan. I pick Alice for obvious reasons. I love Alice. But I think that one is so cute because you ride the caterpillar and you go upstairs and you come back down. You get to see everything from a different higher vantage point. It's really cute. Just admit it. You were Alice and that's why you like the Alice in Wonderland ride. No, well, that is a factor to it, <laughs> but it's really cute. And they did a good job with like the updates a few years ago. It's cute. It is. It I is. like it. Okay. Savory snack. You pick one. The turkey leg. Ugh. The garlic cheddar bagel twist with marinara sauce. The hand dipped corn dog. Or a Mickey pretzel with cheese. I'm going to go with the Mickey pretzel with cheese. The classic. I love that process theme park cheese and dip that pretzel right in there. Mm-mm. Yummy. Apparently, did you know there's a whole big debate about the peel top cheese? Like some people are really against it. Like Twitter, Instagram, people <laughs> talk about the, specifically the peel top cheese, that, that theme park cheese that you're talking about all the time and get very aggressive about, about it. Oh, no, it's it's the only cheese to have in a theme park, at a baseball game, at a football game, like either the peel top or out of that disgusting machine sitting in the back of the concession stand. Yeah, that that is American delicacy right there. The more plastic, the better. (laughs) It's probably actual Um, plastic in the cheese at that point. I th- I, that also surprises me. This is like quite the list. I thought you were going to say turkey leg from our no, conversation. No, but I am going to make time. you eat a turkey leg at some point. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh-uh. No, thank you. They're disgusting. They look disgusting. They smell terribly. I just am not interested. My answer, in case you're curious, was the ch- the garlic cheddar bagel twist. I and you can feeling. get that at the Fantasyland area. It's yep. so good. It's so good. <laughs> All right, this is a big one. Okay. Mountains. You can only pick one. Oh, don't make me. You know my answer. I know your answer, but we're going to still ask. Your your options are Space, Splash, Big Thunder, and Matterhorn. Splash. That's the appropriate answer. That's also mine. <laughs> Even though yeah. space holds a special place in my heart because it was my grandpa's absolutely favorite ride at Disney mm-hmm. was Space Mountain. So I always think of grandpa whenever I get on that one. Um, but no, Splash. Splash, hands down. How do you yeah. do? Do, 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 do? I just love a log flume ride. What can I say? I'm a classic <laughs> girl who loves a log flume ride. Um, no, but for me, it was in Florida. I rode that ride for the first time and I was seven. 
And it was like that age when I could finally like ride thrill rides and be actually excited about them and not Mm -hmm. petrified. And I held my hands up in the air and we bought the photo, of course. And my face is just like, I look like a maniac. We need that photo. We have it. I had a mullet then. Fun fact. Yes. It was 1993 or four. Yes. Definitely had a mullet. Um, And a fanny pack that was shaped like a fish. It's great. Um, but, but so we went down the ride and I was so excited and you know how like you go down the big, the big drop and then there's like a little corner turn. It's like a smaller, just a little mini drop kind of yeah, yeah. Or like a little dip. I wouldn't call it a drop. Um, I was still like grinning from ear to ear from the big drop that my, we were in the front row, my head dipped forward and I knocked my tooth out. I was like losing teeth because I was six or seven, um, but my tooth <laughs> fell out What on the ride. <laughs> yeah. What did they do? Nothing. It was like super loose and came out. So I was excited. I Adrenaline was very high and then my tooth fell out. My dad was sitting next to me and I was like, oh, look, my tooth. And he's like, oh. <laughs> Okay, cool. I hope you got a good present from the Tooth Fairy that night. I don't think I did. I don't even remember. I was at Disney World. It didn't matter. But um, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Quick service restaurants. Okay. So we have the Red Rose Tavern in Fantasyland. It's kind of Beauty and the Beast themed. Rancho del Zocalo or Zocalo, I'm not sure how to say it. That's the Mexican food one in Frontierland. Docking Bay 7, which is in Galaxy's Edge. And Alien Pizza Port in Tomorrowland. Ooh. Alien Pizza Port, because I like sitting outside there in the middle of Tomorrowland with the like the Tomorrowland. That's my version of the Tomorrowland music playing and like all that stuff in Tomorrowland. I know some people are like, oh, Tomorrowland, it needs an update, blah, blah. I love that it's like retro Tomorrowland. I do too. I love it. I love the music. I know. I love it. Um, Okay, I agree. I think actually the food at Alien Pizza Port is just garbage. It's terrible food. <laughs> it is. It's absolute trash. But they have one of my favorites, the Countdown Chicken Fusili, which is also just garbage. But I love to put it in my stomach. It's like um, pasta with like some white Alfredo-y sauce on it and chicken. Mm. And um, what's that twisty pasta? Fusili. Fusili. Duh. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so good. I love it. But that place is just disgusting. I think the best answer like food-wise is probably the Frontierland Mexico place, the mm. Rancho del Zocalo. I don't know. I think Docking Bay 7, like they've got because so my husband's a vegetarian and like Disney which we we need to talk about the fact that Disney has gone like above and beyond in the last few years of including plant-based oh, totally. food options. Like it used to be where literally Kirk would only eat a Caesar salad at every restaurant we went to at Disney World or Disneyland because that was it. That was the option. But now they have like with the impossible meats and beyond meats and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. literally Disney has upped their game with the impossible stuff. So they do have like a, a plant based, really cool meatball dish at Docking Bay seven. That's mm-hmm. delicious. And they also have that like falafel thing, or maybe I'm combining the two. I don't know. Anyway, they have good. There's plant based options at Docking Bay that are really tasty. Well, I have a fun fact for you going back to the Mexico or the Mexican themed food in Frontierland. I think you probably know this fact, but Ryan reminded me of it. Did you know that in the early 60s, um, 
at that restaurant, which was called Casa de Fritos back in the early 60s. Was it and sponsored it was by birth- Frito? It, yes, it was. <laughs> Fritos, the, the chips. But it is the birthplace of Doritos, the what? chips. I did yes, not know that. They, they were originated from Holy Disneyland. Doritos moly. were created at Disneyland. The and more so I guess you know. Yeah. So I guess they took the like taco seasonings and the old um like the throwaway tortilla tortillas and cut them up into little chips, deep fried them, and put the taco seasoning on and started handing them out for free to guests because they just were trying to reuse the food, I think. Um and I don't quote me on this, but I think Fritos, the company, came and was like, don't do this. That's like – they're supposed to be eating our Fritos food, which they were like creating like the Frito pie and all those other yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Fritos-based mixed food things, um, tex Maxis type stuff. Um, and so one of the cast members ended up taking it to another company and was like, this is called a Dorito. And they bought it. And that's what Doritos are now. Oh, my God. There should be an entire museum in Frontierland about this. Absolutely. There should. I don't know why they downplay that. Like the that. National Dorito Museum, which should be a thing, frankly. We should have a Dorito Museum in this country. We have museums about the most random crap. We should have a Dorito Museum, and it should be at Disneyland. Like, I don't think done. there's anything more American, more patriotic than no, a Doritos Museum. Get rid museum. of the shooting range game and put the Dorito Museum in there. Done. Give us free Doritos like you do at the Ghirardelli factory. Yeah, exactly. This is a win. Disney, I hope you're listening. I hope you're <laughs> listener number eight. Okay. We're going to boat rides. Okay. Here are your choices. Pirates of the Caribbean. Jungle Cruise. Storybook Land. And It's a Small World. Oh, my God. Why are you making me choose? I know. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with if we're just specifically at Disneyland, I'm going to go with Pirates because it's the best Pirates. It's way better than the Florida version. Um, Jungle Cruise is actually, I think, better in Florida than it is in California. So, yes, Disneyland, Pirates. I agree. Don't let my daughter hear me say that (laughs) because we (laughs) asked her that same question while she was eating dinner last night. And without hesitation, she's like, it's a small world. It was very cute. Um, and it's a small world is also superior at Disneyland than it is to Disney worlds. Um, and it's great, but pirates always has my heart yeah. blue Bayou. Well, it's, it's, it's the best. If you've never gone on it before, or you've only done the Florida mm. version, this one has the blue Bayou restaurant. So you kind of start in this like, yep. um, Southern Bayou vibe and you get here the like twangy banjo playing it's, you know little deliverancey and then you get to the big drop not not splash mountain big but it is a good little like pit in your stomach kind of drop before you go into this like section with skeletons and it, it kind of like eases you into the it's scenes so of the pirates it's so, so it's good really and it, yeah you just don't have it at disney world like that it's like significantly longer at disneyland and um preview of coming attractions i think next week i've thought about it this week but i think we'll save this for next week do a little deep dive on the history of the blue bayou restaurant because it's one of my favorites and i found some interesting things out so you gotta wait till next week for episode five to learn more oh i can't wait i don't know anything about its history so that'll be good it's really cool yeah okay Well, then this leads us into table service. So 
this is a hard category because there aren't very many table service places, but I was able to cobble four together. So we have Blue Bayou, Cafe Orleans, which is right outside of Pirates, um, Carnation Cafe, which is on Main Street, and they offer like kind of Walt's favorite stuff, like chicken fried chicken and stuff. Um, and the Riverbell Terrace in Frontierland, which is the barbecue place. Well, this isn't even a debate. It's Blue Bayou. And now that you can have a beverage sitting along the bayou at your Blue Bayou with your Monte Cristo, you can't get better than that. And so, hello, Disney, if you are listening again, listener number eight, uh, please reopen this by June 26th (laughs) when we are there at the parks. Much appreciated. XOXO, Adam and Dana. (laughs) I agree. Everything what he said. Okay. Um, walk through areas. So now you're going to wander and walk through. Okay. You can only pick one. You've got New Orleans Square, Main Street, Tom Sawyer's Island, or Galaxy's Edge. Main Street, hands down. The nothing, I might cry on the 26th when we go back to the park for the first time in over a year. And we come through the tunnel underneath the railroad and we come out to Main Street. I'm already getting like, I'm getting a little, getting a little teary right now thinking about it. Like that the the music and just coming out and being on Main Street, it's just like, I can't wait for that feeling. That All the Disney feels right there when you come in and you're like just it's all there and you're staring down at the castle and main streets there and people are there and it's just magical and lovely and what the heart needs after a very long year. So I'm already tearing up. Uh, can't wait. Cannot Aww. wait. Cannot wait to do that in a few weeks. And I, I actually like that. They're actually not choked doing, up about this. I know it's actually <laughs> surprising myself. So, and to be able to take my son there for the first time and, walk down Main Street with him, he'll have no memory of it whatsoever, but I'll have that memory and my husband will have that memory and that's what counts. And I cannot, cannot wait. I know. I know. Well, that was a good answer. Um, I agree. Main Street is the best and I will cry. I told you I cried when we walked into Buena Vista Street on at California Adventure on the Touch yeah. of Disney Day. And I was like, why am I crying here? And wh- I'm not a crier. So I was embarrassed. But then also, you know, makes sense. So, um, okay. Two last ones. Are you ready? Okay. Indoor thrill rides. We have Indiana Jones, Rise of the Resistance, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, and Star Tours. Well, rise. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, I I love Indiana Jones, and we talked about that last week. But I mean, rise. There's nothing on the planet that compares to the experience of Rise of the Resistance. And I don't want to get into it because a lot of people still haven't been able to ride it because it had barely been open when the parks closed. So, uh, yeah, just it's it's, oh, it's so good, so good. Agree. Fully agree on board okay now this last one um do you recognize that there's a ride an iconic ride that i have missed on this whole list mm-hmm. so far i think do you know what it is is it space no we talked about space oh, we it's did haunted mansion this. oh yeah i didn't bring up haunted mansion i didn't know how to fit haunted mansion into a category so i'm just going to ask you two you have to pick one 
regular Haunted Mansion or Haunted Mansion at the holidays with the Haunted Mansion holiday. Done, done, done. Oogie Boogie at the very end is like that is worth that line and everything. I love Oogie Boogie and I love Nightmare Before Christmas. So no, like not even a debate. I am fully on board that they shut that thing down for like two months to set it up for Nightmare Before for Haunted Mansion holiday. And then it's closed for half the spring because they're putting it back to regular Haunted Mansion. Does not matter. <laughs> the There's an entire um, thing on somewhere. I'll have to find it and link to it somewhere where they talk about the gingerbread house that the catering people build every year. And it's a unique gingerbread house for the ballroom scene that they build every year. And it's a real gingerbread house that the pastry chefs make. I I mean, it's just, it's so creative and so good and so unique to Disneyland. I, yeah, no, no, not even, not even a debate. I know. Like, I know. I I would be okay if they left it up year round. And I know people are going to hate me for saying that. Oh, but those are fighting words. My friend Sierra is actually going to fight you for that one. But you know what? <laughs> She'll fight me too because I agree. I love the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. I think it's really well done. And it's just like it's so immersive and in your face. And I love it. And I love that yep. movie. So I'm all for it. Uh, sorry, Sierra. Sorry. One of our number listener number four. <laughs> Uh, well, we just lost her, so down to seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was fun. I liked that. It was good. Like, uh, I'm still teary-eyed over the idea of walking down Main Street again in a few weeks. Like, I can't. <laughs> You're sleep-deprived. I'm sleep-deprived. I'm exhausted. I'm teary-eyed, and I can't wait to take him there. Um, yeah, so that that was fun. Another another week. So we did a little tease. We'll, we'll dive into the fun history of the Blue Bayou uh, restaurant. Um, actually, did you know it ties into Fantasia, the movie? No. Mind blown. Oh, I can't wait. I was a little, yeah. So we'll get into that next week and I'm sure we'll have plenty of other to talk about. Uh, Dana, how do I book a trip to Disneyland? Oh, well, you can talk to me. Um, well, well, actually I should say we have a website. You can go to gendpodcast.com. You can learn all about us because I'm sure you want to know so much more about us. But we also have a link to a quote form through Adventures with Allison in Wonderland. Um, I'm working with Allison over at her travel agency. You can work with me. I can book you Disneyland, Disney World, uh, cruise, adventures by Disney, you name it. I can help you get set up and give you a free price quote. Um, I think that's kind of the... Key, a lot of people don't know this, like working with a travel agent that specializes in Disney travel is all free for you, the client. So you don't have to spend any money. Uh, this is just kind of an ease of somebody else caring and handling your itinerary and your plans and making sure everything goes smoothly. And so it's one less headache for you. Sweet. So use me. I'm here. I'm free. Use Dana. Um, you heard it from her. Use her. All right. Use Dana. Um <laughs> Anyway, that's it from us this week. Uh, We will be back next week. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, we'll be on Apple Podcasts one day in the near future. But for now, Spotify and Google Podcasts. And we're out there. And shoot us a DM on Instagram. Uh, Maybe we'll reply. Maybe we won't. Who knows? (laughs) But shoot us a DM. We'll try to. And yeah, that's it. So have a good one, everybody. Bye, everyone.